Hey guys, my name's Chris, and today we talk about one of America's most prolific rapists. A man seen as friendly, funny, wholesome, and beloved by millions, he used his fame and influence to assault possibly hundreds of women. This is a story of power and wealth that insulated the man for over five decades. Known as America's dad, this is the story of Bill Cosby. So William H. Cosby Jr. was born on the 12th of July 1937 in Philadelphia. His parents were Anna Pearl and William Henry Cosby Sr. and in total they had four sons. Growing up he went to Mary Channing Public School. He wasn't great at the old school. Academically he was pretty ropey. He failed just about every test he possibly could but he was good at athletics and basketball. Because of his shocking academic performance Bill just dropped out in the 10th grade and went and followed in his father's footsteps and joined the Navy. It was there that he managed to gain the equivalent of his high school diploma. After leaving the Navy, he went to Temple University on an athletic scholarship, where he studied PE. While at uni, he worked as a barman. While doing this, he would earn tips because he was funny. He would make people laugh, he would joke with the patrons and have a good old time. And it was with this talent, he decided to start hitting the comedy clubs in Philadelphia and New York. And it wasn't long before he left university to become a full-time comedian. It wasn't until two years later, in 1963, that Cosby first caught the nation's attention on NBC's The Tonight Show. This led to a contract with Warner Brothers in 1964, where he released a variety of comedy albums and have a number of TV appearances. In that same year, Cosby married Camille Hanks, and they remain married to this day. And it wasn't long before Cosby made his first big, big break. In 1965, Cosby landed the main role in the TV show I Spy. He was the first African-American to star in a network television show, and this was big news across the states, and done a lot for society and the black community. After this, he continued to perform stand-up in the clean-cut, wholesome way that he'd become accustomed to, right up until he finally got the show that made him a mega star. The Cosby Show was first launched in September 1984, and was the first show to portray an upper-middle-class black family Again, Cosby was breaking barriers for the black community and was adored by millions. It was a fun, family-oriented, humorous show that you could watch with the family. Cosby's success continued. As Cliff Huxtable in The Cosby Show, he was making millions and his power and influence grew. However, within comedy and TV circles, there was a badly kept secret. To those that worked and surrounded themselves in that TV atmosphere, he was at best known as a bit of a perv, but he was certainly known to be cheating on his wife and had several consensual affairs. And I did say consensual, as a large amount of these were, but some were not. In 1980, he began having an affair with a woman known as Sandy. Sandy and him went to a Las Vegas hotel, where he drugged and raped her. What confused Sandy even more was why he even drugged her. She was happy to have consensual sex with him. She had done on a number of occasions, but it was this very act that shows that the sexual acts weren't enough for him. It was all about control and exerting as much power over people as possible. Stories were told amongst those in the know for years about Cosby's sordid behavior, but just like the women that he preyed upon, they kept their mouths shut. They weren't willing to put themselves in the firing line. Remember, Cosby was an important man. He could snuff out your career in an instant. And to many, it just wasn't worth the risk. An example of this is shown in the exchange between comedians Bill Maher and Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan podcast. Take a look. Somebody told me he was a creep back in 1983. Ah, uh, okay. Um, Someone told me in 94. Yeah. yeah. So, I, and it was somebody I liked, not somebody I was romantically involved with, but a girl who he was horrible to. Mm. And 
uh, I never liked him after that as a person. That makes just, sense. I had heard from people on the set of news radio that he drugged girls. It was like one of those it's, weird things that you heard as a room, like, what does he do? Yeah. He drug girls? Like Bill Cosby? Bill right. Cosby, Bill Cosby. We're talking about the same guy? There were hints throughout his career about Cosby's dark side, just like this appearance he had on Larry King, where he joked about drugging and raping women. Uh, at, from age 11 on up to death, <laughs> we will still be searching for Spanish flowers. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and what was the old, the old story was, if you, you took a little in. drop, no, it was on the head of a... Pin. And you put it in a Coca-Cola. Don't matter. It doesn't make it. And the girl would drink it. And she's yours. Hello, America. (laughs) As horrific as drugging and raping another person is, that wasn't his only MO. The more powerful he got, the more brazen he got. Grabbing and touching people on film sets and not really caring about any sort of consequence. So far, there have been over 60 official allegations lodged against Bill Cosby and going as far back as the 60s. And whilst I can't go through every single allegation in this video or we'd be here for about 45 years, we will talk about one. The first woman that bravely stood up and reported Bill Cosby to the police. She reported him back in 2005 and her name was Andrea Constant. Andrea Constant worked at Temple University, the same university that Cosby attended. Cosby's still done a lot of work with the university, providing funding and scholarships, and generally appearing to be an alright guy that helped out students. In January 2004, Bill Cosby invited Andrea Constant to his home to discuss a potential career change for her. She was anxious about this, she'd worked hard at Temple University, but she was looking to go in another direction, and Cosby offered to help her. When she got to his house, she wasn't naturally nervous, she'd spoken to him many times before. That wasn't really the source of her anxiety. The anxiety really was about the fact that she was looking for quite a major career change. Bill Cosby offered her a couple of pills to calm her down. While she stated in an interview with NBC that she was a bit nervous about taking them, she didn't really distrust Cosby, she had no reason to. Constant then stated that within 30 minutes of taking the pills, she started to feel weak and shaky. It was then that she remembers Cosby on top of her and assaulting her. She woke up later to find Cosby standing there in a robe, asking if she's okay. After leaving the house, she was shaken up, but didn't report it. You've got to remember that she was worried. Even at times now, let alone in 2004, women were not believed when they stepped forward and said somebody assaulted them. So she kept her head down and moved back to Canada. It was when she moved back to her home country of Canada that her mum knew something wasn't right. She knew her daughter wasn't the same bubbly Andrea that she always knew and loved. Something was up. We finally managed to get the truth out of her. Her mum was fuming. Her mum called Cosby on the phone. She has a couple of recorded phone calls. Here's an excerpt from one of those phone calls that Andrea Constance's mum made to Bill Cosby. I wanted to get back to you because I, I don't want to talk about anything except a, a mutual feeling Cosby offered to pay Andrea Constance tuition fees to make this all go away. A pattern that happened over and over again, with many women taking money not to say anything. But Andrea Constance and her mum 
We're not satisfied with this, and she reported it to the police. So as the case against Bill Cosby from Andrea Constant was starting to take shape, it went to the district attorney's office to ascertain what charges were going to be levelled against Bill Cosby. However, district attorney Bruce Castor just decided not to press charges. He said it had been over a year since the alleged incident and wondered why she didn't come forward sooner and didn't think they'd be able to prove anything beyond a reasonable doubt that the offence even took place, so why bother even having a trial? This was despite having another victim come forward to say Cosby done something similar to her and even having Cosby himself admitting that he purchased quaaludes, a sort of date rate party drug that was more commonly used back in the 70s and that Cosby was very familiar with. Certainly not something you would give somebody to help with their anxiety. So Bruce Castor said no even throwing shade on Andrea Constant herself and doubting her credibility as a witness. And these assholes wonder why women didn't report sexual assault right away, because when they do eventually get the courage to stand up and say something, they're pretty much told that nobody believes them. And remember Bruce Castor's name, because that prick is going to come up again. Because Bruce Castor decided not to press criminal charges against Bill Cosby, Andrea Constant filed a civil suit in March 2005, with Cosby settling out of court for an undisclosed sum and agreeing to have the deposition which he agreed to buy in Quaaludes, sealed. For the next 10 years, Cosby apparently laid low and continued his career. He signed deals with 20th Century Fox and Nickelodeon, and had other projects in the pipeline, while still continuing to do a lot of charity work. It wasn't until October 2014, when a comedian by the name of Hannibal Burris made a joke. A joke that he's told many times before. But this time it was recorded, and this time, people started to take notice. This was filmed by a reporter that happened to be at the show, hadn't really planned it, and was actually just playing on his phone when the guy mentioned Bill Cosby, so he decided to start filming. That's the fucking smuggest old black man public persona that I hate. Let's get some TV. Pull your pants up, black people. I was on TV in the 80s. I could talk down to you because I had a successful sitcom. Yeah, it was great women, Bill Cosby, so down a couple notches. I don't curse on stage. Well, yeah, you're a rapist, so... Take you saying lots of motherfuckers on Bill Cosby himself if you weren't a rapist. For the most part, it's fucking public Teflon image. I've done this bit on stage, and people don't believe, people think I'm making it up. I'm like, Bill Cosby, there's a lot of rape allegations. No, you devil! That shit is upsetting. If you didn't know about it, trust me. When you leave here, he posted the video on the Friday, and by the Monday it had gone viral. Everybody was talking about Hannibal Burris, and to a large degree attacking Hannibal Burris for his slanderous comments against America's dad, Bill Cosby. But not everybody did. A lot of people stood up. A lot of people said this is the truth. This led to a media frenzy, and by November 2014, 20 women had come forward alleging sexual assault by Bill Cosby. This wasn't like back in the early 2000s. This didn't let up. Twitter was in full flow now. Social media was running rampant with this stuff, and it didn't help that Bill Cosby actually tweeted with a picture of himself saying, meme me, which led to multiple memes, some of them pretty damn funny, that just kept the fire burning. On July 27th, 2015, New York Magazine's front cover had 35 women that had accused Bill Cosby of sexual assault sitting in chairs, with one chair empty, suggesting that there may be more women that have yet to come forward. So remember Bruce Castor, that district attorney? Well, in December 2015, there was an election to elect a new one. And they did. This guy, 
DA Steele, but shortly after his election, he was going to be bringing Bill Cosby up on three felony assault charges, all as the result of the accusation by Andrea Constant back in 2005. Now, some people saw this as a bit of a political stunt, but to be honest, I don't give a shit if it was a political stunt, if it's going to bring a rapist to justice, so go for it. A date for June the 5th, 2016 was set for Andrea Constant's day in court and Bill Cosby's first trial. The prosecution asked for 13 women to be allowed to testify in court to show a pattern of behaviour from Bill Cosby, but the defence argued against this and the judge allowed only one. This one was known as Jane Doe number 6, and she'd come forward in January 2015 and gave a very similar story to many before her, that she met up with Bill Cosby who drugged and raped her. 12 days after that trial started, the jury returned saying they were hopelessly deadlocked, unable to come to any unanimous agreement on any of the three counts that were laid before them. Due to this, Judge Stephen O'Neill declared a mistrial. That doesn't mean that he's got away with it. That just means that the jury couldn't come to a decision, the judge couldn't convince them otherwise, he wanted a unanimous decision, he didn't get a unanimous decision, so therefore, we start all over again. So for the retrial, Bill Cosby changed his lawyer to Thomas Mesero. Name ring a bell? He's the guy that defended Michael Jackson. This guy's CV must be mental. Again, the prosecution this time had asked for 19 women to come and testify to show a pattern of abuse by Bill Cosby. And that seems like a pretty decent way of showing how much of a beast this guy is. Meanwhile, all the defense really came up with was that the sexual encounter between Constant and Cosby was consensual, and this kind of fell flat. This fell flat when they found out that Andrea Constant was in fact a lesbian and in a relationship with another woman, and the chances of her having a consensual relationship with Bill Cosby are pretty slim. And from there, Cosby's defense team could only just go after Andrea Constant's credibility, jumping on anything, any misspoken word, can she be trusted, why did it take her a year to admit it, she saw Cosby after the event, that means it couldn't have affected her that much, that sort of shit. This was in vain though, because on April the 26th, 2018, a jury finally found Bill Cosby guilty on all three counts. And on September the 25th, Cosby was sentenced to between three and 10 years in prison. On that day, he was placed in Montgomery County Correctional Facility, however, was moved a few hours later to Pennsylvania Department of Corrections, SCI Phoenix. So that's it then, we can let the survivors move on with the rest of their lives, the beast is caged, we're all happy, justice has been served, right? Well, no. So Cosby appealed setting 11 errors throughout the trial and also cited that many of the testimonials that were given by witnesses was improper. Despite all these, oh that's not fair, that's not right, bullshit, on December the 10th, 2019, the three panel judge upheld the conviction and back to jail he went. Now justice has been served and we're all happy, right? Still no, still no. Cosby had one final appeal to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And on June the 30th, 2020, his conviction was overturned and he was a free man. Why the hell did that happen? There was 60 people that said he'd done it. And he'd done it to them. How is he a free man? Fuck. Want me to tell you? Well, remember Bruce, I'm a douche and hates women caster? Well, in 2005, when he refused to prosecute Bill Cosby because he said there wasn't enough evidence, you know what he also done? He provided Cosby with a non-prosecution agreement. Basically, 
Bill Cosby was given immunity back in 2005, yet it took two trials and two appeals for anybody to go, yo, mind this immunity. So why was he given immunity? That's the question we're all asking, right? So the reason why Bruce Asshole Caster done this was because he wanted to help Andrea Constant out. Because what helps a woman that was raped by a man more than giving him immunity? But apparently, this was to protect Bill Cosby from incriminating himself in a civil suit, which meant in theory, he could say whatever he wanted and that would help Andrea Constant's case of winning it without him then being criminally liable. Now see, when I done some research into this, I listened to a few interviews from some other legal experts and I didn't find one that thought that that was normal practice or it would have even helped her case that much at all. But I'm no lawyer, but that sounds fucking ridiculous. And for then, everybody to forget about it for the next decade until he goes to jail and then he's out because of the immunity that Bruce Cockbreath Caster made him sign. So that's where we currently sit. Bill Cosby's a free man, despite over 60 allegations of decades of abuse to women. Bill Cosby sits at home with his wife Camille, who still stands by him to this day and has pled his innocence the entire time. All because a district attorney thought that giving immunity to the man was the best way to help a woman who he didn't really believe anyway. Who knows what will happen next and if any other criminal cases will be brought Cosby's way. If they are, let's hope that Bruce Bob Agcaster is nowhere fucking near them. And more importantly, let's hope that cases like this doesn't dissuade survivors of sexual assault from coming forward, telling their stories, and bringing beasts like this to justice. Thank you so much for watching, guys, and I'll see you all on the next one. Catch you later.